you're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a show all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. Welcome back to another episode, my lovely friends. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. Today's episode is on a topic that we have discussed quite a bit on the podcast. I did a solo episode all about it. I've also chatted about it with various guests through the years. So many of y'all are highly aware of how passionate I am about this subject and perhaps how important it is that we share this information about glyphosate. So if you have loved ones that you think could benefit from this information, be sure to send this episode over to them. We need to help spread awareness about the detrimental effects to as many as we can. Glyphosate is found everywhere. It's in our food, water, soil, air, even breast milk, and it is causing havoc. Today's guest is Kelly Ryerson, who is also known as Glyphosate Girl. She's an activist, environmental health writer, public health advocate, and speaker, and Kelly experienced her own major health issues that led her on a quest, and after going gluten-free and organic, she realized the role that toxins and chemicals were having on the explosion of chronic disease in our country. We chat about Kelly's story of going from doctor to doctor, functional doctor, all the different ones in an effort to get to the root cause of her unexplained problems, which in the end, led her down a rabbit hole, and that is glyphosate. She went to seminars, talks, and started doing her own research, and the rest is how they say history. We discuss gluten versus glyphosate, the Monsanto trials, big ag and big chemicals control over government, hydroponics, how to pull carbon out of the air, the microbiome, of course, endocrine disruption, infertility, defects in offspring. We also get into pets and leaky gut, as well as some changes that are happening in the USDA, European grain, recycling weeds, and so much more. It is an excellent episode. Of course, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about, so I know you're going to enjoy it. We had a blast chatting. So without further ado, here is my interview with the passionate Kelly Ryerson. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so stoked. I have, I've, I've talked about glyphosate quite a bit on the, on the show, um, but I've never had on I mean, I would consider you an expert, I suppose, you know, an activist expert. I mean, literally your website and your Instagram is called glyphosate girl. So if that, that should say a lot right there. <laughs> yeah. It, I think it's like my full obsession clearly <laughs> at this point. Passion is maybe like an understatement. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that like I would, that I would go by something like glyphosate girl. Like that wasn't my life goal. Well, heck, I didn't even know what glyphosate was for most of my life. So yeah. <laughs> never heard of such a thing, um, which I probably you didn't either. I feel like most people, uh, I mean, it's kind of becoming, I wouldn't say mainstream, but more people are aware of, you know, the term, at least they don't know maybe the impact of how, how detrimental it is, but maybe they've heard people talk about it. They might think that it's just woo-woo silliness, but I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. we're here to tell, to teach them otherwise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. So I want to start obviously by, I think, um, we were chatting a little bit before we hit record, but your story is similar to 
basically a lot of people that I have on the show really is that they're, you know, how they got into health, uh, health, wellness, you know, toxic free lifestyle is usually sadly and unfortunately from their own suffering. And it sounds like yours was a little bit like that. So tell us a little bit uh, about your story and how you got to be the glyphosate girl. Oh, sure. So I am, yeah, similar to sadly many women that I seem to be meeting and and known, I had sort of in my early to mid, I was about 34, I guess. So I had uh, my health just took a really quick deep dive and it was so strange. And I had like always had a really healthy life and like health concerns weren't that huge. I had, um, you know, a little IBS in, in my high school years, which now is interesting because I kind of trace it to when they launched GMOs. But I um, I was finding my whole body just in various systems throughout my body just kind of slowly starting to fail me and with weird symptoms. And at first I was like, maybe I'm being a hypochondriac, but I, you know, the things became so pronounced. So I had just really terrible rashes. I had um, such bad fatigue that like, it would be an effort to get up and take care of my baby. It's like really, really hard. And, um, I just was really weak in all of my, my legs, my arms, I had like tingling in my hands. I didn't seem to be able to put on weight and my eyesight was always really blurry, like rapidly going downhill and my hair was falling out. And I, it, it was just this massive just explosion of issues. Oh, my sinuses were a big thing. Oh, my menstrual cycle was off. And so then to help that, because my bleeding was so heavy, I had a hysterectomy. Fortunately, kept my ovaries, but I had a hysterectomy. And, um, you know, so two children it is for me, which I'm grateful for. But, you know, I um, so really was going to all kinds of lengths to try and figure out what it is. And the doctors truly said, well, I think it's because, and I did have heavy bleeding, but they said, you know, this, I, an iron deficiency can be a big thing that causes a lot of problems for sure. But unfortunately that, that wasn't what was going on with me. Um, but even that, like, why is the iron deficiency happening? You know, it's like, totally right. You know, like, call Everything's off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I was put on like a lot of different medications. So I would see these different doctors and many different specialists and, I was put on like two antidepressants, steroids because of my like chronic inflammation kind of and and Neurontin for pain. And I um and then I was having a bad reaction to the steroid. So I was put on um a benzo and so I was on Valium, but then within within like I think it was like three or four days, I was suddenly dependent on the benzo because my system just like couldn't deal with all these insults. And so then I had to do this like really long taper off of the Valium that was very painful and I was having seizures. I mean, it was just like a mess, like so many messes going on at once. And, and anyway, and so the doctors actually did tell me that they, they thought that I was crazy and, you know, because they can't find anything in my scans. Like I had a full body MRI, <laughs> so I couldn't walk it. I finally couldn't walk one day as so my husband like carried me to the hospital and I went in for like a two hour full body MRI and I'm expecting, okay, here's MS, right. Or something yeah, like find that. something. Yeah. Find something. There was nothing, there was nothing to be found. So I, and it was weird. Cause I like, I was, I made this, I don't talk about this part that often, but when I was in this MRI and I'm like, Oh, this is really bad. Like, this is very terrible. And 
I'm not an extremely religious person, but spiritual. And I was like making like promises with God. I'm like, if you, you know, don't find anything too serious, then I'm just going to dedicate myself to, you know, making people better. And I, I'll, you know, live a good life, you know, those kinds of compromises that you make, yeah. um, compromises, promises. And, um, and so I, um, and, and then around that time, um, I decided, okay, maybe I am crazy because they're not finding anything. Because there are things that are psychosomatic, but I mean, this would be pretty bad. But right. <laughs> <It's> very extreme. <laughs> and so I went to a psychiatrist um, finally, and he was great. And he had um, in, he had some blood work that happened to have a vitamin panel on it. And so he it. And I mean, it wasn't because he was integrative. He just happened to have it. I I don't know. He doesn't even really look at that. So it's sort of well, probably does now because my results came back and I was extremely vitamin deficient. And it's the first time that anyone had even thought to look at it. And I mean, really bad. Just like, how are you even walking kind of yeah, vitamin? No wonder you're not functioning. Like, and I, I wasn't. You have, yeah, yeah. You have no totally. nutrients to function. No, no nutrients to, at all. To, yeah. To, for all of your systems to work. I mean. Right. It is so important. And I, you know, and so I contacted my primary care who was still like, you might be crazy. I mean, I can't believe I was still with her, a Harvard trained woman. And I mean, yeah, these things almost mean nothing at this point. It's like <laughs> at all, at all. Yeah. It was, she was a Harvard and Stanford trained. Like she must know. No, she didn't. No, no. And, and so I was like, well, I don't have any of these vitamins. And she said, well, you know, that only means so much, you know, like, you know, and so I, and I was like, oh, okay. And so I went back and I started just like looking up by vitamin B12 deficiency. You know, I'm like, oh, holy shit. Like that. I'm sorry. I think that's really, really bad. <laughs> like that actually could be in and of itself a problem. Like I have under a hundred for my B12, like what the heck? And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to hop on this. The first thing I did was got into a magnesium bath and truly it was so incredible. Like my body was so thirsty for magnesium wow. and I just remember lying there and just feeling my body, just soaking it in. And I'm like, gosh, there is something to this vitamin situation here. Yeah. So I, saw, I saw a new doctor, once again, not integrative, but just, I think younger and more open to ideas. And my sister around this time, probably because of the stress of, of my own illness, um, she actually was diagnosed with celiac, which can be, you know, it can be brought on by trauma too, like that trigger that can set you off. And I think it was, it was me. And so I was like, oh, maybe I have celiac, but I didn't have celiac. And I was like, dang it. Like, what I is it then? some explanation for <laughs> something. Yeah, like, please give me an answer. Yeah, totally. And so my doctor, this new doctor suggested I try going gluten-free and she said, there is this thing that started, you know, people are starting to be diagnosed with called non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And you, some people have a really hard time with it and you aren't absorbing. So why not give it a, a go and see? And so I did, I tried going gluten-free and I was really in, and at the same time I was learning, okay, how do I rebalance my system with vitamins? Cause that clearly needs to be in there. Um, and I slowly started to get better and I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a miracle. This is such a huge miracle. And I, um, and it was interesting because just a few years ago when I was going through all this, there weren't, I, I think it was at the tipping point of a lot of people getting sick because it was really hard to find information on individual vitamins. And so I was adding one thing and then it would set off a chain result of like other like deficiencies. And so that balance is so important. And I remember seeing some really strange guy who claimed to be an expert and he absolutely, he absolutely wasn't, he didn't give very good advice that I was kind of in <laughs> shape, but 
Anyway, so I ended up doing it kind of myself and just guessing checking as a lot of us do. Like we're really uh, that's what I things for ourselves. You go to so many different people and you and it's so unfortunate because you you can have high hopes in this one because you know maybe they are integrative or they're functional and then they end up being a bus. So you try somebody else and <laughs> it's expensive. So many different ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, and that's the you know, I feel very grateful that I've been in a position that I could see some of these people, but some people can't even see one, you know, I mean, they can't, no. or they have to go through their insurance and they can't, you know, they, or, you know, it's just, it's a mess. The whole system is. A mess. It really is. It's just so yeah. unfortunate. I know it's like, I really find it to be such a privilege. I could even see all these doctors or even figure it out or buy several different supplements, even they're expensive. And they expensive. Those things, they add up. Yeah. And then you, or really you try is. this brand and then you try another brand. I mean, totally. How, yeah. Yeah. And then you see all... that brand isn't very good. You're like, oh, dang, and I have to go spend $25. <laughs> oh, they're terrible. I know. Well, and the supplement industry is a whole different subject on and how messed up it is. And, you know, there's no regulation. And then all the like Nestle and Clorox and Bayer oh, yeah. buying up these supplement industries because they know that it's like the new thing, you know, like, oh, we need a new moneymaker, you know. <laughs> God forbid those other people are making money. Forget it. That's God our forbid. Role. No, you we know? need more. We need more. We need a fifth yacht. So, you oh know. my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Honestly. Oh gee. So, so I, um, let's see. So I was doing that and then, and so I went gluten-free. Oh, and I found out I was MTHFR too. I had like the double hem thing. And so I'm like, okay, why not? And, and so I went to, with my sister to, uh, so Columbia University had this um, conference for, it was like doctors and researchers. And, and we were like, let's go and find out like, what's, what's the latest on celiac disease and gluten sensitivity. So we went and um, the, the non-celiac gluten sensitivity part came up and a scientist was up there talking about, we don't know what it is. We actually don't think it's the gluten itself. There's something else that's going on on the grain that may be causing this inflammation. Uh, it was just this hypothesis, but I was like, oh, and so I went up to the microphone and I was like, do they spray Roundup on the, on the grain? And I have no background. Like I wasn't even a big organic eater or anything before all this happened. And, and so I don't really know. I, well, at that time, I didn't really know agriculture. Um, and so, um, and they were like, what? And, and the science, the scientists and the doctors and everyone like turned around and looked at me and it was like, oh God, I felt embarrassed. Like, cause I, I don't even you know, and I was like, yeah, oh, maybe yeah. not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and they're like, what, they spray Roundup, and, and the scientist said, I don't know that they do, and so then I was like, okay, and I went and sat down, and then the, one of the scientists from General Mills found me afterwards, and he said, yeah, they do spray Roundup on the grains, and we know that there's a problem there, but it's going to take two decades for, for the farmers to change their behavior, even if we start to put pressure on them. And I was like, so hold on. So why are they spraying it directly on the grain? And he's like, well, they use it as a harvest aid. And so I was like, oh God, that really doesn't sound good at all. So immediately my mind's just like, what, what is this? And maybe it's not the gluten at all. Maybe it's the glyphosate and Roundup. And, and so I, what my sister and I were like, oh my gosh, this is really phenomenal. And so we met with a scientist and we got back to California and we're like, how would you do like a study to find out what are the impact? Like, is it gluten or is it glyphosate? Like, where are those studies? And we came across some studies just already in PubMed that were by Stephanie Seneff and Anthony Samsel, um, who who have been just like dragged through the mud because of their outlandish claims that you know maybe there's some relation between the two, and um, and 
unfortunately for them, like a lot of their, their well thought out arguments, but it's not like they were running laboratory studies. So it's easy to poke holes at them. However, like the stuff that's in their studies is really, it's quite spot on. And so I, um, and, and so we were thinking about running a study, but then they were super expensive. And so I just started really digging into it. And around that same time in San Francisco, um, the Roundup trials were starting, the cancer Roundup trials. And so I was like, I'm going to go and just see who's there. Like, I was just kind of interested. And I was going to go and protest. And I had a sign in my pocket. I was like, oh, you know, Roundup's bad. And then I got <laughs> there and no one was like, it was ridiculously empty. And by the way, this is the first time that Monsanto was ever going to be brought in front of a jury. Like that never did they not publicize it. Did like no one know that it was even happening? Really? I mean, well, see, I don't think so because by the time like I was really rolling and and covering all these trials, like I I had a call in Berkeley. I, I called the Berkeley activists. Even I'm like, you come over and protest like on the day of the closing statements, and zero people showed up. So my feeling is people don't know that this is as huge of a problem as it is. Well, and, yeah. Right. And so I went into the courtroom and I sat down and it was really crazy. And I um you know, met the lawyers right off the bat. And they're like, who are you? Because a lot of times Bear or Monsanto would send in someone to like fakely cover, you know, the, the trial and write about it as Glyphosate girl and be like, Glyphosate's so great. Um, oh gosh, it's no problem. Oh. No problem at all. Yeah. So I actually, I sat there and there were very few people that were even talking about it, covering it. And so I decided I was going to stay and blog the entire trial and like talk about all the science and all the corruption and and just try and like get it out there. And my goal at the time was, okay, I want to get enough followers and ask for donations so that um, then I can run this study on whether it's gluten or glyphosate. That, that never happened. So I don't know, but I, I got the information out. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> yeah. So that started me, that started me off. So that was 20, the summer of 2018 with the Lee Johnson trial of just completely dedicating myself to the subject of this chemical and how you know, pervasive it is and all the damage it's done and just trying to really get the information out there, particularly into this, um, you know, this functional health world, because I was going to some of the IFM conferences at the time, um, which is the Institute of Functional Medicine, which I consider to be sort of top, top of the barrel, like, because, well, one thing, once again, these conferences are expensive, but they had really great speakers. And I would always go in there and, and ask, well, what about Roundup? And usually the scientists would be like, yeah, that's that's a big problem because this of functional medicine always is going back to root cause of things. And so, uh, you know, we talk, it, it always goes back to the gut. And so, and each time I'd be like, well, you're talking about these insults to the gut. So can we talk about Roundup because, and I kid you not, they're like, we can't, two of the scientists said we can't study it because we'll be, you know, we'll have our titles pulled from us like in academic institutions. We can't report on this because right. of the pharmaceutical industry. And so- I was like, well, this is a really huge problem. And, you know, shame on the Institute of Functional Medicine for not being willing to say, well, glyphosate is wrecking our biome and our, the integrity of our, you know, barrier. Like, it's so unbelievably obvious that it's like missing the most enormous elephant in the room. I don't understand right. it. Well, it's unfortunate that it ju it just shows the magnitude of, uh, you know, the, the, the power that these companies have on literally our entire planet, you know, and totally. it's, it's really disheartening too, because you know, what as consumers who are trying to get out this, I mean, especially like we're obviously like small people compared to, you know, like obviously, you know, IFM or, any, or, or any like, you know, scientists who, um, 
or any doctor who's been exploring this for a long time. I mean, if they really wanted to take you down, <laughs> they could. and that's the scary part too, you know, I mean, you have to, yeah. I mean, these people put their, their careers and their, their lives on the line, basically, you know, to even write a book. I mean, totally you, know, they you do. think of like, um, I mean, I often say that that glyphosate is is like our generation's new DDT, you know, and I mean, like when Silent Spring came out, I mean, they smeared her. I mean, and there's still people who are smearing her now. It's like, oh, we need to bring back DDT. It was no, it was not a problem. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Can we just move on? Like, it was bad, (laughs) you know, right? But and and then glyphosate is what that is now. You know, I mean, any 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 book that comes out or any activist or scientist who wants to talk about it, I mean, they just will smear, you know, do their best to, to smear them, you know, in whatever way they can. And, and, and the sad thing is also, I think that they, they've also convinced, and I think a lot of farmers don't want to believe it because, you know, it is really difficult to try. I mean, how do you transition from a conventional farm to organic? I mean, first off, how, to, to get that designation, first off, it's like really expensive, right? To get totally. organic. Really and then, expensive. If your soil has been contaminated for years and years and years, how long do you have to, how do you, do you even know? Like, do you know how they, how can they well, do so that? I've heard everything from three to seven years. That That's a long time. A long time. I mean, what do you do off. in that time? Totally. You don't make money? I mean, I know, you know? right? Yeah. I know. And oftentimes like now what farmers will do is they'll transition like one part of their farm, like slowly, but then you should be careful on the other side, because if you're spraying anything, it's so easy contaminate, you know? Well, and that's the thing about even, even, even when we are eating organic, there's, st- you know, the parts per billion or whatever, it's still, still there. It's hard to find a, 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 are there even crops that are literally 0%? You no, know? I don't, I don't think so. Although yeah. I did actually, I recently talked to a winemaker and he has a vineyard and he said that he's way outside of Napa Valley. And so he's able to get it really low. So maybe if you go far enough away, it's like if yeah, my, my vineyard, it's a long way away, but it's clean. <laughs> yeah, it's like in the middle of literally nowhere. Yeah. There are no other farms nearby. Like you have to have like, you know, or yeah. I, would, I just thought maybe, you know, when they um like hydroponic, you know, stuff. Oh, totally. The hydroponic would probably stuff. be completely zero, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of I course, it also like, doesn't have the nutrients from the soil, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. That's my only, I, I don't really under understand hydroponic in that. Because are they putting the nutrients in the water? Yeah, or? they're putting nutrients in the water, but like they're not natural. It, then it's not the same. Yeah, and it's not the same. It's and it's funny because so back in my old days, I really wanted to do uh, space privatization, and so I like was working at um, I was well as a space camp counselor, and then I oh, cool. like worked for NASA for a while because I was just determined to make space travel accessible, like be Elon Musk in some ways, but not Elon. <laughs> Right. That's awesome. And so, and so I really learned a lot about hydroponics then because the the if we were ever to travel to the moon and like set up a base or Mars, like hydroponics are going to be critical. And I always would sit and think, huh, I mean, that is it. And I didn't know much about soil at that point, but it isn't nearly the nutrition level that it would be if it was coming out of the soil because there's it's just not so natural much nature does. Normal. You know? Mm. Yeah. And this yeah. like space travel, that's like a whole, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it now, but I'm like, can we just try to fix this planet? Oh, that's a, no, yeah. that's how I am. I'm like, stop putting all that stop money it. back. Fix I this know. one. Why, we we can do it. It can happen. Yeah. But just like you're wasting all that money to go to Mars. Mars doesn't look that exciting to me. There aren't no. trees. Like, I don't no, want to go there. Fix I don't want to go there. <laughs> no, totally. I was in a, oh, it's funny. I was at last week at this launch of um this company that, built a it's like a big vacuum um to suck the carbon out of the air and 
it is really in out of the atmosphere. And so it was really exciting. And, and like the founder had taken a lot of people from SpaceX over. So all these rocket scientists figure out, okay, so how do we pull the carbon out of the air? And this will be great. I mean, it is really important. I, I, I thought that was really cool. But, and I actually historically haven't known much about um, climate change, except to know that the soil is supposed to be the big sponge for carbon. Like that's what's supposed to be working. We don't, we shouldn't need a vacuum. And um, because there's just always a fixed level of carbon in our atmosphere and in our environment. And so it's just, where is that carbon? So they are going, they, so they're going to take this vacuum, suck it out. And then I'm like, well, where's the carbon going to go? And they're like, well, we're going to figure out how we possibly get that back into the soil. And I'm like, God. oh my gosh like, this goes back to like the root cause too like well why is, like yeah. nobody ever tries to 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 dive into that it's like well let's do this and it's like well why do we get to the root cause so then we don't have to do that you know like, well, right? yeah i know i couldn't believe it i was like this is basically this machine here and it was huge it was like this big machine that looked really funky from a junkyard and <laughs> but obviously it was like some brilliant masterpiece and <laughs> and and they were all right like the thought that this was sort of a band-aid in the same way like medications are like it's exactly that it's the same thing it's this really sophisticated band-aid well so. and again like they don't want to you know probably i mean it's nobody wants to discuss the real causes of our climate issues whatever whatever you want to say however whatever you want to call it you know uh climate pollution climate change what nobody wants to talk about what's really happening they want to blame it on cars they want to blame it on, but nobody blames it on industry, which is the main issue, you know, yeah. giant corporations that are doing it, you know, whether, whether doing. it's big animal ag or, you know, it, or big ag in general. I mean, right. Big I mean, in general. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? It? And when I see like each time that, the when I see the, I, I always say that poison's nonpartisan because it's definitely been both sides of the aisle that have contributed, but I recently was seeing, um, the Clinton Institute and they're like talking about climate change and everything. And, and meanwhile, they've been the biggest supporters of Monsanto and chemical ag that there ever been. Right. I'm like, are you joking right now? The sponge is the soil. The soil. I know. I mean, this is <laughs> so aggravating. It, oh yeah. It's on both sides. I mean, both sides are liars. <laughs> yeah, they both are. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of them are using it too, as like, as just like a political ploy, you know, like vote for me. I care about the climate, but do you, do yeah. you really i don't think you do your history Absolutely doesn't no. you know like yeah, what yeah. you're doing doesn't that speaks volumes you know totally oh. yes oh, i mean so um what do you well let's let's get back to to uh just glyphosate in general i mean through your um through your years of researching all about glyphosate what are the main as far as our our health goes you know, we mentioned the microbiome, which I think is probably like maybe the number one thing. But what are what are your thoughts on on what's so doing actually, to bodies? I, I always was focused on on the gut and its impact, but what has really been captivating me recently, <laughs> captivating like as though it's a good thing, but really I I mean it's been like so horrific that sometimes I don't sleep at night. But the the endocrine disruption component of glyphosate. So, so much research exists. There's this big, big full body of, of research that shows just the incredible amount of damage glyphosate's doing on our ability to reproduce. And, uh, and also creating, you know, defects in the offspring um, through many generations. And I recently, I actually was curious because I couldn't find any data on it. And then actually something did come out, but I sent three sperm samples to a lab 
Um, none, none from my family because my husband, <laughs> he, he had a vasectomy. And so I figured it wouldn't be like viable. So <laughs> so where do you just, I'm, I don't want to know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Friends and friends. And then like their wives, by the way, would be like, you owe me. <laughs> you know, oh, be like, um, can your husband give me some sperm? What? <laughs> <laughs> right. I, promise, I promise you send it direct. Don't give it to me. So, awesome. I, so we send in um, three different samples and all three came back positive for glyphosate in the sperm samples. And so I'm like, God, that is really disgusting. And then just a few months ago, a study finally came out that showed that indeed glyphosate, it goes from the um, blood barrier to the testes barrier, or there's a barrier that's there, the blood testes barrier it goes in. And so then you also see this parallel decrease in and actually some, another study showed that it de it, it accelerates um, sperm death and also decreases motility of sperm. Mm -hmm. So then you see this crashing fertility rate and you're like, okay, that is very clearly, and people are eating it. This was from dietary exposure. So people are clearly eating it and this is happening to the sperm, but it, no one knows that. I mean, who's, who even knows about that? That's sitting in PubMed. And another thing was just, really re the most horrific to me and I, she's there's a brilliant scientist um dr shauna swan and she wrote the book countdown and it was investigating these um environmental toxins and she's she's a toxicologist and what impact they have on fertility and so there's a lot on other chemical like the forever chemicals plastics and all the endocrine disruption anyway she did a study also on glyphosate and it was a study where they looked at pregnant women and tested their glyphosate level in urine during their second trimester. And then they measured the distance between the anus and the vagina of the baby girls that are born. And they were able to correlate uh, like androgenization effect, depending on how high the glyphosate level was in the urine of the second trimester mom. So the, that distance would get wider and I mean, that's straight up androgenization, Whoa. straight up. And I, I mean, that is, I mean, in a way I'm kind of like nature is deciding this is not a healthy environment to reproduce. Right, so right. That's down. True. Yeah. If there's chemicals here, then we don't want you to be able to procreate into it. And I see it like our food source is going to dry up because our soil's dead. And, you know, and I, and on a separate topic from, um, glyphosate, but atrazine is the number two used um, herbicide. And that is something that absolutely causes androgenization to the point that actually in reptile studies, it was flipping the sex entirely. So when they, when um, there were ovaries found inside of the testes, like just all kinds of really funky things happening. Oh, sick. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. And that is also just throughout our environment and our, it's found in our body and all that. So between that and then Another really horrifying part of it is that in a lot of the um, rodent studies of glyphosate, so the pregnant mom has um, a food with that has glyphosate in it, and then the children won't show too much of an effect, like a detrimental effect. But they, the children in the studies are aren't fed any glyphosate, so it's only this first mom. It's the grandchildren and the great grandchildren that are showing up with um, deformities. And with it and with the inability to reproduce. So it makes me just terrified to wonder, like, you know, I when I was pregnant, I was eating these things with glyphosate. I mean, I and so just thinking, okay, what does this mean? What are where are we going to be in two generations from this one chemical? 
So that's actually scaring me a lot more because that feels more permanent than the gut stuff. Even if it's all related. Yeah, because I th- the gut, I mean, there's so many people just like you and me who have worked diligently to repair that and it can be repaired. It can um, be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously there are some things that I'm sure have happened to us because of that, that in some way, I mean, everything, you know, it could alter your DNA and someone who knows what, you know, what other effects right. it's got, what else it's doing, but yeah, that's really, really disturbing. Um, and I just, and another, so then I decided I wanted to do another lab test. And so I, so I took my, I read a study where glyphosate is going through the placenta into the fetus. And so I took my daughter's baby tooth and which had formed in utero and I sent it to the lab and they found glyphosate in the tooth that was formed. So our children's you know, bodies are being formed and their bones are being formed around this chemical. And I just can't even believe it. It's so upsetting to look at my kids and think that that is part of your makeup. Yeah. And that is, yeah. How do you get that out? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's, just how it is. That's impossible. Yeah. Well, and a lot of, I think a lot of, um, you know, I talk about, about this, uh, I talked about this with somebody recently, just, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, my grandparents ate such and such and they were fine. And I'm like, well, a lot of these things they do, they, they, they're not going to show up immediately. You know, there are some things that you can be exposed to like, you know, Chernobyl or something, massive amounts of radiation that you would have an immediate, you know, reaction to. Um, but then there are other things that do take time to manifest and it might not even be until, yeah, two or three. That's such a good point. Yeah. Completely. I know, I know. And, and it's so sex. It's also recent. It's 80% of, um, it's an estimate of 80% of our dietary exposure is just from grains that are sprayed pre-harvest. And so you think if you just stop that practice alone, how impactful, like I, I make this argument a lot. That might be the single most important thing you could do for public health right now. Like hundred percent stop spraying those grains and watch an amazing healing across the board. And particularly, you know, in people that don't even know to be concerned about it and they shouldn't have to know because you should be able to trust our food system, but you you should, but (laughs) right. (laughs) I mean, I spent most of my life being like, well, if it's on the shelves, it's safe. And that's not true. Me too. Me too. I was like, oh, look, FDA approved. EPA for this is great. <laughs> I'm know? like, that means nothing to me now. Actually, that makes me hate it more. <laughs> you know? I'm like, no, I'm questioning it more. It's FDA approved, uh, EPA approved. I don't think so. So recently there, uh, I have a horrible, sad story to tell about my yard. Mm. Um, so we had like an organic lawn service coming to, you know, take care of our grass. My husband has become obsessed with our grass. I don't know why. Um, and weeds and not like it was an organic. So they weren't doing any chemicals. It was just trying to nourish the grass. So it would take over and the weeds wouldn't or whatever. Right. So, well, something happened and we had to renew the service or something like that. Well, they didn't, we weren't signed up for that natural one for the organic one. Yeah. Yes. So last week I look out the window and he was, he had something on it. He was, had a little backpack and he was spraying stuff on my grass. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? So I, he was basically at the tail end. So I wasn't, I didn't run out there because he'd already done most of the yard. So when he came up to the front front door, I greeted him. He was just going to leave like a little note of what he did. But I came, I went to the front door and asked him like, what, what were you just spraying? And he was like, oh, well, that was weed control. And I was like, no, as in like no. chemicals. Yeah. As in chemicals. And he was no. like, 
well, yeah, it's, it's, it's what you signed up for. It's the, it's the weed control maintenance or whatever. I was like, so I was like, well, that's not what I originally was signed up for. I was like, I walk on the, I have pets. I walk on the grass barefoot. Like I'm very, you know, it's absorbed in your feet. This is a really, this is a big concern. And then I said, I said something about glyphosate. He was like, oh, well, this isn't glyphosate. You know, we, I wish we could still use that, but we don't use that anymore. And yeah. And then he's like, but this is EP, this is EPA approved and USDA approved. And I said, I said, point blank, I said, that means nothing to me. Just like we were just saying, I said, I was like, that means nothing. Um, and then he goes off t- talking some other story and I just like literally had a heart attack and just talking about it right now, it gives me a little anxiety, but it's oh done. My God. I know, oh my gosh. I know. So what, oh, <laughs> like, how gosh. long is it going to be to like, I'm like walking at barefoot, you know, I mean, I need well, a good rain or I don't know. I mean, now I know the waterways, really you know, good, I, oh gosh, you know, something similar happened to me when I was having landscaping done while I was pregnant and that, and I assumed they were taking out this big thing of just kind of old diseased grass. And I thought they were going to be shoveling it out. And nope, they used Roundup in this, my whole front yard. It's not that big, but it's enough that we'd be very concerned yeah. to kill it. And so I was, I came out, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like of all times. But oh my God. You know, it's You're the like, same thing. This. It's, you know? it's totally so upsetting. And I like, and to the point that, recently I, I put this garden in my front lawn and I had to have them. I, and this was years ago, this was 10 years ago, um, that they did that. And so I, I had them dig out all of the dirt because I'm just worried that it still could be there. I mean, I know that those like metabolites just last and last and last. Oh, I know. Well, the funny thing is that what he said to me, this is also very interesting is that he said, so he sprayed in the front and in the back, but we have two sections in our backyard. We have like a big tree that separates the two sections. And one section has my organic garden bed, which is not doing that well, but that's another story. (laughs) But, and he said, he told me he was like, well, I didn't spray over by the garden bed because legally we can't. I'm like, did you just hear yourself speaking legally? can't spray it near my garden, but you can spray it everywhere else in my yard. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Does that make any oh sense? You have dogs that are running around. I feel yeah, we have two kitties oh. and they go in our, we have a fence oh, backyard. Yeah. And they, I know. Oh gosh. That's so sad. Thankfully I, they don't really like to walk on the grass. They're really funny. We have little stones and they like to walk on the stones more. Okay. They, I, they're like, <laughs> they're like so prissy, I guess. I don't know. They're like, <laughs> like walking through the grass. That's lucky. I know. So I'm like, don't walk in the grass. I'm glad now because I used to think it was so funny. I'm like, why don't you need to ground? You need to be on the ground. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like into grounding. Oh, like, connection. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't do it. Oh, I need to get them little slippers or something. Oh, little my gosh, boots. Totally. oh that's so cute. <laughs> but like, but still, but, but the fact that he even said that, like, I legally can't spray it near your garden. Well, then why are you, and you think that it's acceptable to spray it where we walk? And that when things are irrigated, it won't, it won't spread. I mean, yeah. and it's still, and then it seeps into the water. I mean, this is the thing, you know, it's like, well, glyphosate, you know, we don't spray it here or what, I don't know. I mean, it gets into the water and then it gets into our food and then it gets into, I mean, this is, you know, I know, I think, were you on a, you did like, you were like a panel yesterday with Zach Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I love him. <laughs> All right. Like a lot of people who are, you know, concerned about gluten and glyphosate and soil health and all this. And I'm just like, oh, I know. And well, and then, and like yesterday, he was pulling out his whole like stardust stuff. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, no, I love it. I'm just like, you go there. <laughs> I just eat up everything he says, you know, I'm just like, ah. if totally. I could just like talk about this stuff, even a, like 
one percent like he does that would just be like oh me too oh my gosh right i know Uh, and he brings it to life oh gosh it's interesting because a front group um you know wrote an article about like the the church of zach bush or something you know shot stop it isn't that so funny because like his his family his dad i think was um a minister uh or he's like was a preacher of some kind yeah and so you can kind of hear that in the voice i think like in the best of ways in the best of ways so absolutely inspiring you know oh he is so inspiring so a front group like grab that and they're like oh we're gonna make him seem crazy right well like he's got a cult now of followers because yeah like people like us I mean, <laughs> I'd be a groupie. Maybe right. I'm a groupie. I'm a Zach Bush groupie. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's so funny. But so like, so yesterday, what was the takeaway of y'all's discussion? Well, so this was really interesting. So I, um, way back when, and I think I might have said this on this, but on the talk, but there was like one white paper aside. So there was Stephanie Seneff and Anthony Samsel, their papers. And then there was one random thing that like, I found on Google that was talking about how glyphosate potentiates zonulin and creates this like more leaky gut. And so I was like, that is, that was one of the only places that I had seen even a discussion of technically how is glyphosate making it worse? Like what exactly is it? Cause you could say, oh, it's definitely glyphosate, but exactly how does it happen? And so and then they didn't really talk about it for a while. <clears throat> and other people like pontificate that it's the combination of the, the, that gluten itself is kind of inflammatory. And then you combine that with a uh, antibiotic that glyphosate is, and that's a big problem. Um, but it was interesting this panel, um, which I won't pretend to, to restate, but there's a scientist who works with Zach um, and he really laid out exactly what the mechanism, the biochemical mechanisms are to the glyphosate causing this gluten sensitivity. Wow. And so, and, and meanwhile, people across the world should be screaming about that because that is just like, it's not reported. And, and he did the studies and it's so exciting to see it. So anyone who says that's not really true, well, that panel uh, between, well, particularly Dr. Gildea, John, and then Zach too, um, brought it to the forefront. So it's wow. exciting. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm so grateful for them. I know, right? I mean, so much, so much. And and it's just, yeah, it's just so important that people know about it. I mean, I just, I if you have ideas, well, you're doing your podcast, so you're getting it out there. I'm trying, you know, yeah. I mean, no Joe Rogan. I don't have like. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. <laughs> I don't know that, I don't know that women can be Joe Rogan. I just like. I know, I, I know. It's true. I, I don't mean, really I want to be, he I does like an so. episode of, well, he, I know he does an episode like a, a day or, or multiple a day. I mean, obviously he's getting paid a lot of money, so maybe that would make a difference, but uh, yeah. on, on my motivation, but um, yeah. actually, that's a good point you, do. <laughs> you know, um, I don't make money as I say, girl, imagine. <laughs> right. I know. I mean, but you should, right. I mean, this is very totally. important information. Like, I mean, and and obviously we don't do it for the money. We do it for the the freaking oh. cause. I mean, because completely. I mean, the planet is in despair, and people are in despair, and animals. I mean, that's the thing. Oh yeah, um, animals too. I mean, oh. the, the functional. So I have two dogs, and I just went to the um, functional pet summit. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and and to learn about it because my you know my dog, one of them has leaky gut, and it's just so sad. And I'm like, gosh, I can't even imagine what what's going on in their guts, given what dog food is like in general. I mean, once again, I have to pay up to get good stuff, but it's really sad. And then I saw a neighbor spraying Roundup. Well, supposedly in my city, you're not allowed to use Roundup, but I see it everywhere. And I'm, you know, 
And I hate being the police and like rolling down the window. Like, don't do that because that's embarrassing. I don't know. But, I feel like that about <laughs> cigarettes when people throw them out and I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> exactly. And, I, and then I see like, so someone's spraying and I see all the dogs out for a walk. I'm like, goes right through their paws. Like, don't do that. That's how like Lee Johnson got, got cancer because like it's direct dermal, dermal impact. So, mm-hmm. so sad. Mm-hmm. How did you know that, or how did you discover that your dog had leaky gut? So he um, started getting all those extra intestinal symptoms. Like I got, <laughs> and, um, and I was like, oh, I know what's going on. I know what's going on with you. And he, um, his bowels were like actually okay, but he was having just so much itchiness and he seemed sad oh. and, and I know, and like kind of just not himself and just really red paws and all that. And so um, what was your, like, how did you, well, I, I'm, I mean, obviously this is a concern for all pet owners, but, um, one of my cats, I feel like, well, she's itching right now. She's sitting right here and she is, she? yeah. And she also has anxiety and I, I have kind oh. of attributed it to her, like her, her formative years before we got her, who she was with was, um, the family that she was with was kind of eh, crazy. Um, oh. Yeah. And so I kind of, I have blamed it on that, but, and I try, and I do try to get the, the, you know, the best food or whatever, but some of it is not organic and I probably yeah. should be more concerned about that. But how, how did you go about like how, you know, trying to, to, to heal him? Well, it or- is the worst when like, you can tell that they like, if it's anxiety or depression and actually, so one of my dogs seems to be more depressed than the, the other one has anxiety. And I do think, so I started for dogs, the omega threes are really important. I imagine so for cats too. For sure. Yeah. And I got a probiotic also, um, from, so there's a company, um, what is it called? Megabiome, I think. Uh, and they, um, I actually know the scientists who developed these probiotics. So it's for people too, um, but they have a dog version. I think it's Bido something. Um, and, (laughs) And they're really high quality. And what I really like about them, so there's a study that was done. um, So there's a mock-up in Europe of a human intestine and the gut, and they have started testing pesticides on it. And it's really cool because it's like a replication. And so they can see exactly what what happens to the microbiome composition when exposed to different things. And so glyphosate um, has been one of the first things they've been working on it for like years over there. And a study came out this year that showed specifically which bacteria are being killed and, and what the locations of are of that. And they actually at the same time tested this probiotic and it was able to by and large reverse those effects of glyphosate. And so I was like, Oh, that one, you know, I want that. And I want, I want this for my dogs too. So so they are definitely on the road to recovery, which is great. I mean, there's still a little ways to go. And it's the same way. Like there just aren't many, aside from making their, their food myself, like yeah. there's just not many options. There's not very many options. I know. I mean, maybe we should go into business and get a food line. I know. Do. I mean, this is, it's so bad. And I, I started doing some research about pet food like a few years ago and it's disgusting. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, uh, talk about, I mean, again, it's like all of these in, like supplement industry, pet food, there's no regulation. It's the nastiest, especially like, you know, uh, my cat is obviously, um, they're obligate carnivores, so they have to eat meat mm-hmm. and the meat quality is, is absolutely atrocious. Like there, it's like the four R's. Um, I forgot. It's like, um, they're either, uh, is that what it is? Four R's. Anyways, basically like the meat, they're either, you know, have, they're either, no, four D's. 
diseased, dying, decaying. Like they literally, it's all of the, the nastiest bits. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. To our pets. Like what do you, th- and then they get all these diseases. Like it's so sad. It's so awful. I, I just, oh my gosh. Yeah. You think it's not even from the capo. It's like yeah. what was it's, left over at the capo. It's yeah, it's exactly. It's the, the leftover bits or in the bits that they were literally throwing out which is just sad anyway, you know, the ones that they're, they're, they're literally have broken, broken bones or whatever. And so they're just like, they're discarded, you know? Yeah. The whole system is just so sad. That whole system just, yeah. I went to, to, um, or I went one time to see, I was just talking to some GMO farmers about like their use of glyphosate and, um, and like you were saying, you know, they just, they don't want to know that my, know. my takeaway was they don't want to know. And they they're really nice. Like they're so, so nice. nice. <laughs> just and, like- the, and they have been, you know, I mean, when, when it came out for sure, like, like most things, it was revolutionary, you know, totally was roundup ready crops. I mean, it was, it changed the whole landscape of, of farming and, 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 you know, from what I know now, it seems like, you know, they were, they were told that it was going to increase their yields, but then it actually didn't. Right. I mean, it actually hasn't because then they have to end up using more, more pesticides, more pesticides on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, it's just like, they, they don't want to know about it. And then also, even if they want to change again, like a, how do you, how do you even make that change? And B, you will be ostracized. Totally. That's the really horrible part. You don't want to be caught being like the organic person that's changing because no. you're just kicked out of your community. And that's a tight knit community. Everybody knows everybody. I actually come from an agriculture family and it's, I don't, I don't talk about it that often because it is kind of conflicting with my life oh, now. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, my family has been in the farming business forever and oh, on the wow. same land for almost 250 oh, years. My brother runs the farm now and it's definitely, I, we don't talk, I don't talk about it with him because you know, what, yeah. you know, what am I, what am totally. I going to say? Like, you need to stop doing this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so hard. And like, yeah, once you've made that commitment, I mean, so many years ago and the promises that were made and like the pressure, I'm sure you've heard stories about that. I mean, it yeah. seemed like so amazing and how great and just so many stresses lifted off, you know, if the so system many. works. Yeah, all these different technologies that changed farming practices in general. You know, you used to have to have more workers. You used to have to have way more equipment. And now you can have these more consolidated, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I, I wish that there was some. Well, and, you know, going back to like the government, which doesn't do anything, but it would yeah. be great if they would, if they really saw this as the, the issue that it is. Yeah. And, you know, my thought is that maybe they could help transition these farmers, you know, cause that's what we need. We're spending all this billions of dollars on all this other junk. That's not helping anybody. <laughs> you know? Completely right. Whatever. And this could be a way to transform our country, you know, and help. Oh, people. I totally agree. And I was really, I'm really excited because I do think that some changes coming out of the USDA, which is shocking. Like recently big grants have been made towards transitioning to organic Stop and it. yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to send you information on it, like big grants for it. Wow. And, um, and I was surprised because Tom Vilsack, who's head of the USDA is like, he's been head of the USDA before, and he's been a big proponent of AgPAM and, you know, farmer's friend and all that. And so when he first was appointed, everyone was like, oh no, you know, it's more of the same. And then, um, but it was interesting. So he was giving a talk of enlightenment kind of, and 
he said, well, so my grandson, you know, we had baked potatoes and, you know, I want to layer on the sour cream and the butter. And his dad said, you know, he can't tolerate all that. So he can pick like a little bit of one of those. He can't have both of those things. And so he said, so something needs to change. I'm like, oh, something's happened in his family that uh-huh. he's noticing that. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's, and that's what needs to happen. And I, obviously I don't want anybody else to suffer, but when it happens to you or your family, that's when it's going to make the change. Yeah, totally. And I think that that had a lot of influence on it. I really do. It's so exciting. And so, yeah. So putting these programs into place and, um, yeah, it's just in, there's the, uh, white house conference on nutrition is coming up on the 28th and I've been really involved in that. And, um, I, it's the first time in 50 years that there's been a conference on nutrition and it was driven out of this group um, in Silicon Valley here that uh, really wanted to establish a national institute of nutrition that would, uh, instead of just a national institute of health, so that more money could be diverted into the nutrition component because so much of our food is also just lacking. Not only is it toxic, but it's lacking nutrition. And so um, they combined efforts with Tufts that has a great nutrition school and they decided um, this would be an amazing thing if we could do this because the, at the last nutrition conference, there were just executive orders that were pushed through to change agricultural policy. And so it didn't have to go through like Congress or like regulators or anything. It just sort of was put into motion. And um, the part of the idea behind that is that the different parties have to agree sort of before these things are presented. So so it's not a fight when they're presented at the conference. And so for the last six months, um, there have been all these gathering sessions, which is I've been doing a lot with Zach and you like gather people and what their concerns are and then submit these reports um, for the committee to assess. And so I was really just worked up because some of the preliminary things, like there's so much in this whole thing talking about food access, but food access is only as good as the food is like, mm, and so, so true, you know, and so yeah. you can feed starving people toxins and they'll get more sick. So I, you know, and so really trying to get the toxins back into the conversation and I don't know, we'll see what happens because I think that they're they were invited to come to the table and then they were really pushy and kind of kicked out. I don't know. And, but now they have their own, their own separate thing going on. So we'll see what happens on the 28th. So what is their conference? Why do you need more, why you need more chemicals in your life? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause God forbid that they didn't sell as many drugs to help. I mean, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I mean, what do you foresee in the future? You know, I mean, do you, I mean, I, I, I'm, I consider myself, you know, uh, an optimist, but you know, and I try to have faith and hope. So what, what are you, are you hopeful? Do you foresee, you know, positive changes actually happening? Is it going to take like forever? <laughs> like, yeah, what so do you think? My feeling is that we'll be okay. Um, I think that a lot of people are going to continue getting sick and, and I think it's going to be this Tom Vilsack story where when enough people are like, oh, shoot. And, you know, maybe in farming families, although I don't know whether that's necessarily true, because I said, well, does anyone have cancer here? It's cancer was really my first focus um, just surrounding the trials. And they're like, yeah, we've had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, but it's not because of Roundup. You know, I'm like, OK, so, you know, people waking up to that kind of thing, I think would be helpful. But I do see this like growing influence on it. And I just, I hope that it happens fast enough. They're saying, well, it will happen anytime soon. And I hope it, it does because I mean, very shortly, I think our 
at least the younger generations aren't understanding that these food sensitivities are abnormal. And so as soon as it starts getting normalized, I think we're kind of in trouble. And so I'm always thankful when I see Europe still like mainstream and healthy and organic based, like by and large, not entirely. So I'm like, okay, there will always be the, the counterpoint to how sick we are in the United States. So, so you can see Contrast. the difference. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and sadly, the it. Ukraine, the Ukraine had was sending all this grain. You know, they were selling so much grain, and it they don't use chemicals. And so that European grain that they always were importing from Ukraine and Russia also doesn't use chemicals. Uh, now is cut off, and so now they're sort of forced into this question about you know chemical grains and. Oh yeah. no! I had I think I had read something about. Europe having more or the EU having more discussion or, or maybe trying to be infiltrated more by Bayer or Monsanto or whatever chemical company. And I don't know if, or just putting more pressure in them using. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. So I don't know. What's Definitely. Yeah. Definitely more pressure on that. And it, it's interesting um, with Russia too, because forever they have been committed to not using GMOs and um, wow. chemicals because they see the chronic disease is going yeah. everywhere else. And it's like, we're not going to have that. Yeah. Oh, that's really smart. You that's know? really that's- smart. Everybody wants to demonize Russia for everything, which I'm not saying that totally. they're virtuous, but at the same time, no, like- they definitely are not virtuous. <laughs> so no, I mean, it, or is anyone, our country isn't literally like <laughs> no country is at this point, you know, That's so true. (laughs) I can't think of one. And if they are, then they get dominated by some one of these other giant meanies. That's so true. Well, and like the. Maybe Sweden. Sweden's like the only one that's like. You're like, they're really nice. They're nice people. They're like, we're going to do our own thing. Y'all are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. That's so good. Um, But yeah, the the amount of bullying that our country does is just so sad. And when people try and give up Roundup and they're excited and their their government decides and then we go marching in, we're like, no, you won't. I mean, what's that? We're weirdo. We get over ourselves. I know. Can we just stop meddling and everything else? Yeah. I don't know. know. But we're just too tied. Our government's too tied into corporations at this point, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And back to the Europe thing, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard these stories of people who who go to Europe and they eat all the pasta and all the breads and they're just totally fine. And then they come here and then. Yeah, a mess. totally. And then have a yeah. Pro- yeah. And it was interesting is this um, <laughs> I went to a meeting at the EU embassy one time and I just was talking about like agriculture and um, and then later on, one of the guys pulled me aside. He's like, I don't want to say it too loudly, but you know, ever since my family got here, we're really sick. Like we're really sick and we have to be careful, like diplomatically and all that to talk about it. But, you know, I've never had stomach problems like this. My wife put on this weight, you know, and all this stuff. I'm like, oh gosh, it's so sad. And then I feel like I'm on in the position of apologizing for our country. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's terrible. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry that we're so horrible. We're terrible. I have a good friend who's Italian and he he was having all these health issues and I try and he moved here. I mean, I don't know why he, he's from like, I think he's from Sardinia. And I'm like, why did you, why do you love it here so much? It's so beautiful over there. I'm like, you don't want to live there. Anyways, he loves America. He <laughs> loves it. He, I love America too. I'm not saying I love it. Oh I yeah. No, me leave. too. I do I too. love this country. I want to make it as great as it can be. Um, but, but, um, but yeah. And he, he, he was having a bunch of health issues and he came to me because I'm, you know, the like nutrition guru to him, like, you know, of the people he knows. And I tried to explain it. He told me what he was eating, eating. And I was like, dude, you have to get, he was, 
doing spinach and all these things, you know, like making smoothies and stuff. I was like, hundred percent that should be organic of all, you know, like he was oh, eating God, yeah. like oh, all God. the things. He wasn't eating any or he was never buying organic things ever. And I don't know if it ever got to him. I don't know. I tried to explain it to him, but he just, he said, I still, I think it's hard for some of them to wrap their head around, like just how bad it is, like the food quality yeah. here compared to over there. And why would the United States be interested in poisoning itself? Why? I mean, the scene, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Why do you, why do you really, I don't know. So I don't know what has happened. I uh, happened about that. I haven't talked to him about, uh, about it in a while, but it was, it was definitely what he was eating. I mean, as always, and oh, yeah. it seemingly yeah. looked like healthy food. Like those were, he was making healthy I'm choices, sure. but contaminated ones. <laughs> I mean, is that so sad when you're picking the healthy stuff that isn't even as tasty and then like, <laughs> poisoned, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that that's what's happening. I think yeah, uh, Zach Bush had talked about that on one of his podcasts with Rich Roll that at his clinic or whatever he was this is when it, he started having these aha moments about it because he was trying to get people to eat more vegetable lots of vegetables and they were but they weren't getting better they were really getting worse and he was like what is going on you know and it ended that's up so being, fascinating yeah. that's crazy yeah it should be the opposite it should be the opposite and that's the sad thing is that i a lot of people do do feel that way you know they start eating what they think is healthy and they don't get any better. So then they just throw in the towel because they think it doesn't make a difference. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully you and I can shout to all. I know the, the, I will the, shout it on the mountain, rooftops. I just like, I, I think it's, you know, one of the biggest, one of the, one of the top threats that we have at this point for our civilization really you I, just, know? I really think so and yeah. and i think like saying that isn't even any kind of exaggeration it actually is is the truth which is just so terrifying well and it's like a lot of these things that are bad for us like i did i did a podcast um a few weeks ago with a guy uh about emf and it's it's these mm -hmm. things that you can't see you can't touch so you know, and that's, those are the ones that are so bad. I mean, you can be afraid of getting in a car wreck or, you know, whatever. I mean, cause you can see that, <laughs> but yeah, you, can't, you yeah. can't see it coming, but you know, you can see it, it happened. Um, but yeah, with this, you can't, you can't taste it really. I mean, it doesn't taste any different, you know? No. So it's just, sticky. yeah. It's just the EMS stuff, like I, I like, I can't even. I can't it's even another, I know girl, it's like another rabbit hole that you just know? like, <laughs> So my main thing, like, my main thing for that for suggestion is just never use your phone up to your head. Okay, yeah, because I use it on speaker. Yeah, speaker all the time. Yeah. Okay. And, and don't put your laptop on your lap. Like at least put a pillow that. in between, you know. But those are the main things. I mean, the main things are if it's really close to you. Like, you know, Apple Watches okay. are bad. This is not an Apple Watch. But anything that's right up against your skin is what's gonna be bad. And a lot of people keep their cell phones in their pockets, you oh, know, yeah. and, and again around the genital area, which is very sensitive. And then the, again, that could it's all these things that are contributing to uh the decline of our species. The decline. <laughs> yeah, the decline, like literal decline. Little literal decline. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, so I just had a few questions. Well, one of these questions was from, um, my community was just suggestions on where to find chemical free food. I mean, she was just referencing that 
that she goes to farmer's markets and that, you know, a lot of times people think that that's like a healthier choice, but a lot of times they're not even organic, you know, where do you like to shop? And in fact, I um, have been buying strawberries from an organic stand at our farmer's market for a long time. And I just stopped looking to see if it was still organic. Oh my gosh. They changed on me at some point. It was no longer organic. I was like, oh my gosh, how many years now? Have I two years been buying that, you know, and they said, oh, we still don't use pesticides. And I thought, well, maybe it's too expensive to get the organic label. That That's is true. It is It is very expensive, right? I don't, I don't know. It is really expensive. expensive. But I was like, I don't, unless I come visit your farm, I'm not really trusting the strawberries. Oh, and um, they're the sad. But yeah, a lot of the things like, you know, sometimes far, certain farmer's markets won't have a single organic thing. And so then you're really no better off if you're just trying to avoid that, which is, which is too bad. And otherwise, you know, and then I end up at, you know, Trader Joe's has very, very few organic options. And they're all wrapped in plastic too. I hate that. They're all wrapped in, totally. And you I, never, I don't, I don't get protein serum. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I get avocado, um, but I'm very, yeah, I don't, it's all wrapped. It's literally, why did you wrap the cucumber in plastic? I don't know. <laughs> Truly. I don't get why? it. Why, why, why? would you do that? <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing in the world. Like and it's expensive for them. Like why spend the money on wrapping that cucumber? And takes time just put it on a truck and bring it here you know (laughs) it's like when people put like bananas into plastic bags at the grocery store I'm like I mean (laughs) I I don't put anything I'm like that person I I tried to say that I don't judge but I feel like I slightly do when I look in people's carts and like (laughs) literally everything is wrapped in a little tiny they get two apples and they put it in a plastic bag and I'm like why oh yeah yeah Oh, completely. Oh my gosh. Or melons or whatever. I'm I so know. Strange. It's so weird. I think that I, a lot of times it's, I'm always judging. it's, I know I'm like, I'm trying not to, but I'm looking at really not necessary. <laughs> like, but a lot of times you're older generations too. I feel like maybe, I don't know. It is weird when I see a younger person and I'm like, Why are you right. Yeah. That doesn't make sense because you know, how many times in their like elementary school class did they learn about plastics? Like probably a lot. It's well, always I, I think that the issue is that, that they push so much about the recycle thing and it's like recycling is well, not the answer people, yeah. you know, isn't that shocking? All the years of recycling, it's like, well, no place, no place to go. No, well, <laughs> there's too much. I mean, you know, I, I mean, it's all ending up in the ocean and then there's no money. There's, it's not a viable industry to recycle anyway. So nobody wants to do it, you know, wants to do it. Yeah. My sister who lives in Palo Alto of all places, which is very like, um, progressive, and she finally was like, forget it. I'm not even going to divide it out. I'm like, well, that probably makes sense. You know, <laughs> it's true. I know. I mean, the more I've heard about that, it's like, okay, well, we used to take plastics. They used to take it to China. Right. And then China said, no more. We can't, we can't handle yeah. any more of your plastic. So now where is it going? And, you know, I had this discussion on, um, this is obviously not about glyphosate, but it's important, right? Yeah. Uh, with on like that at you know that website next door where like neighborhoods yeah yeah. Like, yeah so I was somebody had said something about recycling and it was like this giant debate of like people yeah. just so upset they were like yes they do recycle it it goes to a recycling center they pick it up just because they pick it up doesn't mean it's going somewhere people and yeah. I had this happen to me that we we um so I live in North Carolina now on the coast but we used to live in South Carolina in on the coast and they, we found out that that's what they were doing, basically. Like they, their contract yeah. had lapsed in, you know, a town that was about two hours away. So they were sending it there for recycling. Their contract lapsed. They were just putting it in the landfill. They were picking it You're up. You're kidding me. Yeah. They were picking it no, up. No, they were not. Oh my gosh, that's so bad. Isn't that disgusting? So people, you think in your mind, you're doing this wonderful thing. You're helping the environment. I mean, and I still recite, I, I don't know where it goes. I'm still going to do it. 
I'm going to try to not, you know, I just try to not buy as much stuff in plastic, but everything's wrapped in plastic. I mean, for the most part, you know, I mean, if you get packaged things, yeah. um, I mean, I don't need as much packaged stuff as I used to, I'm sure, but I still buy some things. Yeah. I mean, Uh, oh my gosh. But yeah, so that happened. That's a horrible discovery. I know. I'm sorry. This is a bad, that's a bad story. I wish I had a better story. (laughs) Okay. I like, I would go on next door occasionally and be like, just stop because of our dogs. Stop using Roundup. Like don't spray around the sidewalk. And I don't know whether like there are people passionate about their Roundup. Like, oh my gosh would like rip me a new one with suggestion like they they're like well what then I'm like try leaning over and pull up your weed like what's wrong with you it's not that weedy of an area we're in the suburbs with like concrete who are you even joking? cares if it's I mean, green truly. why do you even care my my thing is now it's like when I when you see a yard that has zero weeds well first off you know that they're spraying something oh totally there's no way that's not natural you know yeah I'm just like I just want green yard. It doesn't have to be grass. I just want it to be green. Exactly, <laughs> right? Totally. Yeah. Why do you have, why can you not just be green? I mean, totally. I agree. Well, and that guy who was talking about, you know, spraying the the guy who had sprayed my lawn or whatever, he was talking about how he had, you know, wished that they could still use glyphosate and how great it was because you could spray it on a dandelion and you could see it wither in front of your eyes. And I'm like, first off, a dandelion is like the most healing cleansing plant that we have on this planet like it can kill cancer so many things so many things and i'm like oh my gosh like this story is just so disheartening (laughs) it's just it gets worse and worse it gets worse and worse that poor man he has no (laughs) but but people but some people like that i feel like it doesn't matter what information you present to them they're never gonna you know it has people people who were like kind of on the fence they're like hmm and then if you like you share, you know, your story and the inf- and all the information that you have. And then they're like, maybe, well, and, and, um, going back to the spray. So I have a sprayer person that comes and he sprays botanicals and, um, it's for, and I had, uh, pro- for ants that I have around. And so I mean, I'll do like peppermint and rosemary or something. And, um, it's really pungent actually when he smells it, but indeed that's all it is. And they, um, and one day I was like, you know, this just isn't really working on the ants. Can what else can you add in? And he said, well, there are these, <laughs> there's this, this type of insecticide called a neonic. And, you know, we think that maybe that would be a good idea or whatever. I mean, neonics are so incredible, like they're killing our bees, like no one's business. And so I'm like, no, I, I really wouldn't want the neo, like that. They're famous for bee killing. Already our bees are like on in our neighborhood. So it's very sad. Like you see people in coming by with like bees to bring to your garden to pollinate because there are just no bees around because of all the chemicals so yeah sad. yeah we uh i i was trying to grow squash and it was not working out and i had maybe one or two people message me on instagram and say that that they don't try to grow squash anymore because there's just not enough bees that pollinate the particular squash. my squash isn't working either i didn't i Why? That's why they said at least you can take a paintbrush and like, I tried, it didn't work. Didn't work. I mean, it might work for somebody. I tried, I tried it. I did. No, I didn't try. I was literally pollinating my my squash flower. It it didn't work. It died. But I mean, it was really sad. I know. I, but whenever I do see a bee, don't you get so happy? Oh, I'm so happy. I thank it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, hello. I like talk to it. I'm like, (laughs) So good to see you. <laughs> I get you anything. 
that keeps like coming back. I, th- I swear it's the same one. He comes to this certain little flower like every day, and I'm like, oh, oh friend, it's the you know? best. Oh, <laughs> I'm totally like that. I know. We do. We have a company here that will bring, which is awesome, but they will set up a beehive for you on your property nice. and like come and, you know, teach you how to do it. And I don't know if they help you get the honey, if you want the honey or whatever. I don't know, but I'm oh, kind of like, I should do that. And I know maybe next spring, maybe I'll try squash again and then have them come and put their bees yeah. out. You know, be like, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right <laughs> I mean, that's supposed to be the easiest thing to grow too. So I was really confused when it was the worst. No, same here. I was so excited. I wanted to have yeah. like, I have, like I said, this is, well, this is my first full year of having a garden and it was, it has not worked out very well. well. I've basically, I've had lots of herbs. Um, I don't know if you have any good tips on organic gardening, but um, I don't I know. actually do. I'm So I went to this because this was my first year too of really gardening. And, and so I went to this um, like full day course on organic garden, like starting your, from scratch, like starting your home organic garden. And it's like a, a PowerPoint that's a little, you know, that big. So you need to take a read. It's really great. It's really great information. Yeah. 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 It's, it's hard. I mean, it's, I had, I had all types of little critters. Um, and now, and then I got termites in the actual bed. So, oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, It's been a mess. That's its own thing. Oh yeah. My husband is, so he built the beds and he's just like, is, He's lost it. He's it's, it's literally the first year, and he was just like, "Oh, it's this is done. We, we this is not going to happen." I'm like, "Calm down." <laughs> it's, it's one year. I have friends who oh said that God. it took him like three years to get things, you know. Oh, yeah. But anyways, it has been one thing after the other. But I am hopeful for the future. I'm not going to give up yet. <laughs> well, you know what's fun? So there's this new group that's starting, um, Neighborhood Food Network. It's called. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, really cute idea. So, uh, they it. They have weekly classes like on Zoom and like different people that are experts in organic gardening will come on and like most people are just starting their garden. So it's really fun. And then the idea is eventually that you get a few neighbors to also do it and then you can do like food exchanges, which is so great. I think that'd be so great. Wouldn't that be so fun? That's like my vision. That's like my vision. I want to have enough that I can just like give to others, you know? Me too. So fun. Oh my gosh. It'd be so fun. I love giving that kind of thing. I had some sweet peas and I was so proud because I went to my neighbors and brought them, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> it feels good. It feels so good. I, yeah, I gave my neighbors some lemon balm, you know, the herb. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's the only thing that has just like, it's like a bush. It was like a bush. It was, oh, just, wow. that, was that was the one thing that did well. I don't know. I mean, oh, I had, smells good. yeah, I was doing, putting in like tea and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and then I had watermelon. I was trying to grow those and those didn't work. I mean, they had gotten to like a certain size and then they just kind of plateaued. They just didn't grow. Okay, anymore. the same thing happened with my watermelon. What the heck? What is that? And I then I cut it up and I'm like, what? It's not red. I've been letting it sit there forever. Like it stopped growing. It stopped growing. Mine did the same thing. What on earth? I don't know. And then all of a sudden one day they were just like opened. I don't know. It oh just Oh my gosh. It's really disappointing. I so I was so excited too, right? When you saw it, it was like a baby watermelon. Oh, it's yeah, like a baby watermelon. Thing. Me too. I was like, it's so precious. <laughs> and I visited every day. I feel like, oh, oh there it is. I know. <laughs> and then it just stopped growing. It got to be yeah. like basically like a grapefruit. That was Yeah, that's that's what happened with, with mine too. Weird. Bizarre. Like on different coasts. So it doesn't even like that's so strange. Cause I thought that it was, I was like, okay, well, it's not getting enough water. So then I, cause we did have 
a drought like a lot of places have. I mean, we did not have rain for like, I don't know, a month or a month. It was bizarre oh, for really? us. Oh, that's yeah, unusual. Which was unusual for us. Um, so I was watering it a lot with, and we have water barrels. So it was, you know, not uh, city water or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Trial and error, I guess. We'll see what happens next year. <laughs> you need to come and join this and we'll learn for next year's planting. Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> I need some help for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, clearly. <laughs> we'll get there though. We will get there. Oh my gosh. I could probably sit here and we could sit here and chat all day. So oh, we will definitely, can. we will have you back on for sure. Very fun. Very so, fun. Have more of our anecdotes. I'm learning I, too. I and I don't feel it's alone. <laughs> I know. Same. I know. <laughs> So tell everyone how they can find you or, you know, anything news that you have or anything. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so um, I have my, my website, glyphosategirl.com. And um, I'm actually relaunching a new glyphosate girl, uh, hopefully in November, um, that just has, is hopefully very, very, just has, covers the board of research and just interesting things. So when you are looking for a one-stop shop on understanding it. And it's free, so I say shop, a, a free shop. I mean, yeah. you can go <laughs> and read it. Nice. And then I'm also on Instagram at Glyphosate Girl. And, um, and that's where I am. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for spreading the, the news and the word about how terrible Glyphosate is. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you to you too for doing so. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Awesome. Wasn't that such a fun episode? I had such a blast talking with Kelly. I am so inspired by her and so grateful for everything that she is doing, all of the information that she is sharing, and really being uh, a spokesperson and advocate for the anti-glyphosate movement, which is extremely important for our planet and our bodies. So be sure to check out her blog and her Instagram to keep up with what's going on in the Monsanto, Bayer, glyphosate world, toxic world, and any kind of news that's coming out because she's always updating us with the news that is coming out surrounding those topics. So as always, thank you so much for your support and tuning in. And until next time, my lovely friends, peace and plants.